Welcome to the Success IQ Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want to create and live an exceptional life. I'm your host, Jeff Nicholson, and this is episode 112. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. I truly hope you are having an amazing week. So we are going to dive straight in with our amazing guest, Brian Greenberg. Now, Brian J. Greenberg has founded businesses in e-commerce, marketing, and financial services. He's generated over $50 million in revenue from his businesses, collected over 10,000 reviews and testimonials from customers, been named one of the most creative people in financial services, and has been called the salesman who doesn't sell. With so much success, Brian decided to teach others writing The Salesman Who Doesn't Sell, a marketing guide to selling while you sleep. Now Brian teaches others through his book, his content, and his website. Brian, welcome to the show. Hello, Jeff. Thanks for having me. I am really looking forward to it. Marketing seems to be one of those things that keeps coming and biting people in the butt over and over again, and you're going to give us some clarity today. But before we get dive into that, can you give us some backstory that's brought you to this point today, please? Of course, uh, Jeff. I wrote a book. It's called The Salesman Who Doesn't Sell, A Marketing Guide to Selling While You Sleep. I've had a lot of success uh, for about 15 years uh, running internet-based businesses. I've, over the years, I've had about eight businesses, and I've built them all up. They've all been successful, and I've been able to market to people uh, online whether they're doing Google searches or they're finding me kind of on third-party uh, review sites or uh, local directories. Uh, I've had a lot of success. Right now, my main business is uh, a life insurance agency where I sell life insurance to everybody in the U.S., all 50 states. And you know what? I wrote the book you know, partially to help with marketing. And then also partially, I just wanted to share uh, some of the secrets uh, that I have and I wanted to do something nice. So that's why I wrote the book. Okay. Okay. And what was, um, have you always wanted to do your own business and that sort of thing? Did you, did you sort of, are you, have you, were you an entrepreneur at a very early age? How, how did sort of entrepreneurship take you? You know what? I come from a family where uh, my father, my uncle, my grandfathers, they were all entrepreneurs. So I, I kind of knew I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. And in the university, um, I also majored in entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, when I got out of college, I had to take a lot of sales jobs. And I learned how to sell, and I saw how, you know, a lot of businesses work. Uh, but, yeah, I knew from a pretty young age that uh, I wanted to do something myself. Yeah. You got the bug. <laughs> I did, yeah. And I suppose you saw, the, you saw how, how possibly exciting entrepreneurship was from family members which some people don't get an opportunity to see. Yeah, look, and I wanted to help my family. I wanted to get into my father's business. And uh, I was excited, you know, when I graduated from college, it was the year 2000, the internet was coming. Mm -hmm. So I thought I can bring a lot of the new stuff to the businesses. And uh, I've been working with my father for the last 15 years. We, we still talk every day and he's kind of like my advisor. Cool. My mentor. Yeah. It's good that you still talk really when you work in the family business. Oh, yeah. I worked in the family business and it's a really interesting, um, it's a really e interesting environment to be in. How do you manage working with family to, I'd love, 
Well, uh, families are not the same as employees. They're just no. not, <laughs> right? Uh, so you have to be very lenient on that. Um, you know, my father was always real nice. You know, he'd let me try things. And even if I failed, it was okay because I would learn something. So I definitely treat all family members like they're assets, right? Because they're going to be around for the long term. A regular employee, they can take another job, they can leave. A family member, they're going to be there, they're going to help. Even if they leave, I want them involved. And I think that maybe, you know, I'm kind of a mellow guy. I like it when everyone gets along. And I just have a blast working with family. I have fun. I enjoy it. Bro, okay. So you've got you, you've, you've, um, you know, you do something about marketing, and you're also you're the salesman that doesn't sell. For you, what is the difference between selling or sales and marketing? Uh, I think marketing is is actually bringing the people to you, right? Selling is when you get them in front of you. Marketing, I want to bring them in the front door. Uh, that's that's the real. Uh, systems that are in place and there's a lot of different ways to do that and that's a lot that's, i wrote a lot about it in my book yeah <laughs> okay so if we if we start looking at the marketing because marketing is something that tends to keep coming up as a as a block for a lot of my clients or a lot of people that i meet and it's not my forte mine's about mindset and performance but this this marketing seems to be something that keeps coming up as a block. Can you share some tactics that can help the listeners just make, not necessarily make marketing easier, but be able to give them some tactic to tactics to actually help them improve their marketing strategy? Boy, there's a lot, you know, let me start with this though, Jeff. Um, I built a lot of businesses based on reviews. All right, I found out that people will find me because of the reviews, and when they come into my door, they come into my website, uh, I'll close them because of the reviews. So, you know, if you're gonna be focusing on the reviews, it's kind of like a cascading effect. I want people to operate their business honestly, ethically, and transparently. And, you know, they've done studies, and they found out that the the biggest driver of increased long-term revenue is customer experience. And you can think about Amazon, Zappos, there's been a lot of books, even more important than price. So I think when you start a business, start it with that mindset. Be willing to actually take a loss, be willing to invest money in marketing, but take advantage of it. Every customer you have is a a marketing opportunity. So get those reviews. I value reviews, Jeff, and if I may. I actually value a review I get on my own website at about $100. And if I get a review on Google or the Better Business Bureau or third-party sites that I don't even control, I value those at $250 each. And I bonus my employees out, and I want people to start gathering reviews. Yeah. It's a really interesting point, actually, because I know even from my business, it's the uh, – do you class reviews the same as a testimonial? just so I can clarify, or do you see them as different? Um, I see them as different, all right? I collect two types of reviews on my website. So I'll, let's say I sell an insurance policy or I sell something on an e-commerce site. I'll ask them for a review of my business, the service and the experience, that's one. But then I'll also get a second review for the product that they bought. And I try to be specific on it, right? As specific as possible. Uh, I try to get the people's name, uh, their city, their state, their location, and exactly what they bought. So there's 
two separate reviews, one's for the service, one's for the uh, individual service or product that they used or that they bought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And cause, cause reviews have got that additional clout, don't they? They've got that thing. Cause it's, it's someone has actually used your product or used your services and they are giving that feedback and, or a star rating or however it works to go. This is what we think of this, of this company or product. It is so uh, persuasive. Uh, the reviews, uh, you know, in, in the past it was word of mouth. Although let's say somebody says, oh, you got to eat at this restaurant. It's wonderful. But then you go and look it up online and there's 12 reviews and they're terrible. And people got sick at this restaurant, right? They're going to take the word from uh, the, re the reviews. And especially if there's a similarity effect, right? So if they bought a similar product um, or they're in a similar, similar location, they're even weighted more. And I get business all the time and they say that they chose me because of all the reviews. Yeah, it's it's interesting because we're very much. Do you think we're even more a um, a review based um, society now than perhaps we were ten, fifteen years ago, or do you think it's just easier to find those reviews because of the internet? I think it's easier. I think uh, in the past people would take recommendations and uh, they would ask people that they trust, but now it's it's uh, so much easier to get reviews and so much easier for people to see reviews. So yeah, yeah. And, Mark, yeah. and it must and Mark it, 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 it's a, it's 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 a good type of marketing because actually it's people who have done it, and so you're not just reading the the bump on the screen. You're actually looking at someone who's done tread there before you and actually going well okay this is what this is how we feel yeah and if it's all right jeff i like to you know people are scared to ask for reviews especially because they think they might get a negative review back now i've always asked for a review that i control first it's on my system all right if they give a negative review i don't have to post it and i can fix it right away for the people that give you a five-star review then you go back and then you ask them to put the same review on a third party website that you don't control uh, because consumers are savvy, right? They'll know that uh, they're, they're getting very savvy on uh, finding what reviews are legitimate and which ones are paid or, or manipulated. Yeah. Cause I suppose on your website, you control it. So actually yeah. if they're going to an independent review, mm -hmm. it, they, they start to understand that actually you haven't um, specifically chosen the ones that are going on. Yeah, and, and I encourage people to put the links to these third-party sites on their websites, especially on the last pages, the checkout pages. Uh, we've done studies. We watch people on our website using tools. The last thing that they do is they go to online and they'll search the, your name or the name of your business followed by reviews or complaints. And if you, could, uh, if you show up there, it's great. And... Jeff, if I may, let's say you're building up reviews. Another piece of marketing is something called Barnacle SEO. Barnacle SEO, it's the practice of attaching yourself to a larger entity that brings you in resources. So I want to encourage people, once you start building up these reviews, uh, get a very good profile in some of these uh, directories. You know, if you're, if you're running a local service, uh, people go into these directories and they'll see who's, who has the best reviews. Uh, restaurants, man, they really kind of, if they get more five-star reviews, they can see their reservations go up 10, 15%. Um, 
If you sell a product, sell it on Amazon or Etsy. Use these third-party um, marketplaces as resources. And they could, uh, I think people will be very surprised at how much uh, business these places can bring into to, uh, to your business. Yeah, and it's, it's, I suppose it's about, being, it's about being more savvy with the great, the great content you're getting from your customers yes. and utilizing it in the best possible way rather than trying to create massive campaigns and everything. If you've got the word of, the, you know, a word of mouth that says, you know, these services are fantastic or this company is great to work with or I would highly recommend, that's got to mm. be a, a bigger force oh. multiplier than just going buy my product. Absolutely. People want recommendations and anything they buy, they're going to look up and research it. You know, another thing that people can do to market is try to get content out there on other people's website that you write or they get someone else to write. And you know, it's a review of all the different products and hopefully you're one of them and you're recommending them, right? You're telling, you're, you're educating people. And again, that's kind of sales without selling. It's a very savvy way uh, to kind of, drive people into your funnel, drive people to the products and the places that you want to drive them. Yeah. So I have a question about the negative reviews. Um, mm. How do you, how do you see, cause obviously some people just go, I'm not putting a negative review on at all. Or how do you respond to a negative review on social media or something like that? Do you, um, do you just delete it or do you respond to it and use that as a way to try and show how good your customer service is, how, what, how, what's your views on that? Well, if it's something I control, um, I, it's dependent. I'll have to decide whether I want to display it. You know, consumer behavior is, you know, if you have a hundred five-star reviews and a couple one-star, the first thing people are going to read is the one-star reviews. <laughs> now, yeah, right. Our human nature. <laughs> yeah. And I, and it's good. And I, but people understand that a company is run by people and what they're, what I believe they're going after to see is how you responded to it. Right? So if it's a, if it's a simple negative review and you responded to it, Oh, I'm sorry, I gave you a full refund. Uh, you know, uh, that's kind of what people are looking for that if something does go wrong, you'll make it right. And reviews are uh, where they have a level of accountability that they force on businesses. Cause if a business uh, is building up their reviews. And then someone gives a negative review. A lot of times what that means is they want to get the attention of the company, right? And they know if they post a negative review that that company's, hopefully that company's going to pay attention and make it right. And I, I've gotten negative reviews, but I've been able to get those reviews taken down. The majority of the time, knock on wood. Hey guys, so just before we jump over to the second part of the show, I wanted to let you know that the closed group Success IQ Alliance is now open to anyone who wants to be part of the community. I'm really excited to do this because I really want to meet more people to get a community growing of like-minded people looking at creating the exceptional life. So all you need to do is search on Facebook for Success IQ Alliance and I look forward to seeing you there. Take care. Okay, so what we're going to do now is we are going to go to the second part of the show. This is where I get an opportunity to put you on the hot seat just to ask a set of questions that I ask every guest on the show. So are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. Okay, so question number one. On average, how much time a week do you dedicate to self-development? 
you know, it'd be an estimate, right? But I'd estimate okay. probably about maybe eight to 10 hours. I spend a lot of time. Okay. I meditate every have, day. Oh, go oh, ahead. Okay. I was going to say, do you have a spe specific um, resource that you um, use? Is it reading or is it audio books, podcasts? Which, which one do you prefer? For me, primarily, I love audio books and paper books. Now, what I'll primarily do is I'll get through about two audio books a month and one paper book. And that's how I like to do it. If I'm in the car driving, perfect time for audio books. Um, but, you know, if it's an important book, something I want to digest, nothing better than paper. Yeah. It's, it, it, the, 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 you just can't do the notes or anything like that. You, you've got to have paper sometimes, don't you? Oh, yes. Okay. Question number two is what book has made the biggest impact to your self-development or personal growth and why? I think uh, there's a couple books, but overall, it's a book called The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Short little book. Um, wonderful for personal development. I think that if people are starting on the journey, it should be one of the first books. Also on audio, it's so beautiful. It's read by Peter Coyote. It's just, he, he's got, his voice is like silk. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it has a lot of um, how not to take things personally. Also, to be very uh, deliberate with your words. Um, just some beautiful stuff. I highly recommend it. The Four Agreements. Yeah, and it's it's probably that's one of those things is you know when you're saying about how you deal with um, what people say. I suppose mm -hmm. I know when I was a kid doing sales for my granddad's company at 17 years old. Um, you know, someone just would say the wrong thing, and because I didn't have that that skill set, it just completely knocked me down like a feather and it was just it's an incredible thing the word so when you can control that and be better at it and more resilient it become a more you become a more powerful and more um higher performer i think absolutely you know when you're younger and uh someone says something and uh, you take it personally you know when you're young you're yeah. full of piss and vinegar and uh <laughs> you know <laughs> you got to learn that it's not you it's most likely the person's just having a bad day and you got to yeah. learn how to let it roll off yes yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Question number three is what app makes the biggest impact to your business or life? I love Slack. Thank goodness for Slack. I can, uh, anyone I do business with, I try to get them on that platform. Uh, <laughs> I absolutely love it. I can drag things in there. And another one I like is Snagit. I love taking screenshots and, and putting, you know, comments and boxes and arrows, real helpful yeah. to manage uh, development and design guys. No, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So do you have, um, with Slack, do you have all your notifications going onto the Slack platform or do you, because no. um, there's so much you can do with it, isn't there? Yeah, I, I try not to mess with too many notifications. I don't like it. Um, you know, just, uh, I'll check it. Obviously, it emails you. Uh, but yeah, I, I tried the integrations, Jeff. Didn't like them. It's too much. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, okay, number four. What's your biggest business mistake and what did it teach you? I had a, uh, a developer and I was trying to build an e-commerce platform. And it could have been great, but I hired the wrong guy. And I kept letting it go on and on. And, and Jeff, I probably lost about a quarter of a million dollars on this thing. And, you know, you got to track them. 
right? I was, I was paying them hourly and I wasn't tracking the time and I, I believe I was taking advantage of. And at the end, I had to just let the whole thing go and take a sunk cost and move on and learn from it. Yeah. So for your, for your lesson, was that, was that about the trackability? Was it about being able to go, if someone says this, you, they, you, they mm-hmm. prove it by recording? Yeah, you know, there's one thing, you know, there's, if you're hiring freelancers, there's project prices, which is good to start. Although I pay a lot of people by hourly, but I use uh, time tracking software that even they have to log in and it takes a screenshot snap of their screen every five minutes. Right. Okay. It, keep, it keeps people on. Not only that, Jeff, it saves you a lot of money because no one can theoretically work eight hours a day. It's just not possible. They'll give you, you know, two to four hours. So you end up saving a lot of money, not getting taken advantage of. And it's fair. People, people, you know, that's how I run about 14 of our employees. And, and what platforms that that takes a snapshot? Uh, I use Upwork. It's a, it's a third party freelancer. So they take out 5%, uh, comes out of their end of it, unfortunately. But it's nice because it, it handles the payments automatically too. So it's kind of hands off for me. Um, that's what I use. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Okay. Um, what are your question number five is what are your challenges in harmonizing work and life and how do you manage them? You know, I obviously, you know, taking things home after work, uh, <laughs> uh, how to manage it. I don't know. I, you know, sometimes uh, I'll need to meditate, but most importantly, I just like to delegate. I think, uh, in the, in the, in the beginning, you try to do everything yourself and nobody can do it as good as you. Uh, you have to realize, you have to learn how to delegate and realize that if they're able to do 80% of what you're able to do, it's worth it. So, uh, yeah, I'll delegate it and I'm able to relax. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's having that confidence, isn't it? Is when you, cause you know, as you say, is, is when you first going into that, um, adventure of delegation, you've got to learn to, you know, let go of a lot of stuff. Cause I think there's a lot of people when they're passionate that they, they realize how much they're going to micromanage because they don't want to let go of their little baby. And then once yeah. the, once they identify that freedom of delegation with the right people, it's all of a sudden it just frees up so much more time. Absolutely. So, um, question number six, what advice would you give an entrepreneur that you wish you had known starting out? You know, I'd like to tie back to what I just said, you know, kind of learning how to delegate, but also finding the right people. I think so many people will start off and they won't be familiar on how to manage people. And it it leaves a sour taste in your mouth and you'll, you you know, you got to keep trying is is what I'm saying. Um, When I interview any employees, even if they're a freelancer, I like to not only talk to them verbally, I get them on a video meeting. And you got to be able to uh, look people in the eye and hire freelancers. Yeah. Um, but that's the most important because if you do find the right people, they, you know, they give you, they make you money. It is possible. Right. But you kind of have to learn how to do it. And in the, in the, you know, kind of vein of delegation, the most important thing is to get yourself out of it. You know, you want to stop being the bottleneck. If everyone's got it, it has to ask you about everything they're going to do. You're the bottleneck. I highly encourage all the people that work for me to contact each other and solve it themselves. Uh, it's a huge thing that I learned, and it's from a book called The Loyalist Team. It was a great okay. book. Okay. And, and it's, that, um, it's that strategy of working 
on your business, not in it. Absolutely. Brilliant. Okay. Well said. Okay. Number seven is what is your definition of success? I, I want to be, you know, I want to enjoy, enjoy what I'm doing. And I have to, I'm one of those people that if I, whatever I'm doing, I have to feel good about it. Um, I just, I, I love uh, doing right by customers. I think that uh, I love the adage, the best way, the, the fastest way to become a billionaire is to serve a billion people. So any decisions I make, I want to know that it serves the customer. And boy, I love going back and seeing all these positive reviews and I love running a company that I'm proud of. And if I could have fun doing that and, and then obviously uh, the personal life and having a wonderful family, uh, to me that's success. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Question number eight. Um, do you have any daily routines or rituals that um, make a huge impact to your day? Mm. I, uh, you know, on and off, but I think one a real important thing is I do transcendental meditation. I know it sounds silly, although, you know, in the mornings I do, and it kind of keeps my head clear all day. Uh, I think that's one of the main things that I consistently do that I would recommend. Okay. Some form well, of mindfulness meditation. Yeah. Okay. So, cause, cause obviously me the meditation is an interesting one because mm. you know, there's, a, it's, it's obviously getting more and more popularity, which is a great thing. Um, what, um, what got you first into meditation um, and how did you sort of start that ball rolling? Because I know there's a lot of people who I speak to who go, you know, everyone's talking about meditation, but, you know, I can't keep my mind clear for more than 10 yeah. seconds if they can. Um, but it's, you know, what sort of was your journey through into meditation? I think it, it was the books I was reading. It was The Four Agreements. And then I came across Eckhart Tolle. Um, <laughs> I took a yoga class. I don't know. You kind of get a taste of it. And you're able to turn off your, your thoughts. And it's so important to be able to just, again, deal with people, the fires that you're going to deal on a daily basis and how not to bring things home. Um, I think the quicker people, I know it sounds silly. It's hard to get people to do it. Um, you know, but there's some books that'll really just spark it for you. And surprisingly, I, I, it's very important. Have you found that it's helped your focus and concentration in, in, in your out of, if you want, in your everyday sort of business life? Uh, yeah, I, I think it has. You know, I think the, the most important thing, it kind of keeps you calm and level-headed. Um, yeah, I, uh, but yeah, focus, uh, yeah. I, but most importantly, Jeff, is just, it's just to kind of keep you calm and uh, be able to enjoy the things uh, as they come along. Brilliant, brilliant. So, because um, obviously, you, you know, you've been very successful. You've, you've done all these things. What do you think has been the secret to your success? It's, uh, you know, my father always said this about me is that I was relentless. I think that's the biggest thing, and it's to try something and be willing to fail. Uh, but keep going. You know, Jeff Bezos was, he's, he's really into being relentless. He actually owns the domain, domain relentless.com. Oh, wow. redirect okay. to Amazon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that's a, a huge key is just, uh, you can't lose if you don't give up. No. And you've, and have you, you've, have you always had that even from when you were a kid at school, that sort of relentless tenacity of going, you know, bring it on. 
A, a little bit, you know, I think it's competitiveness, but I wasn't the ultra competitive guy. Um, although I was just, you know, I, I'm willing to, to look more long-term, right? Um, I'm willing to outlast them. And, and, and throughout my, uh, my life, I've, I've seen people kind of receive business karma, right? If they're running business the wrong way, eventually I'll see them drop off. And so I just like to continue to operate, uh, honestly, ethically and, um, and just last them, right? Uh, it's a wonderful thing to just persistence and relentlessness. Yeah, that's the biggest. I, I think I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's 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 the success isn't a sprint, is it? It's a, it is a yeah. marathon. It's it's that willingness to do the work, to to fail, to to learn from those failures, to change course, to keep on moving. I think sometimes, probably more people than I would care to acknowledge, they give up too quick. Yeah. And it's yeah, not. that's that's part of the you know leaders are readers, and I think that's one of the, another important thing is to keep reading and to keep growing, and the more you read, the more you're going to want to keep growing, and you you realize how important it is. Yeah, do you, when you because obviously you know you 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 like nearly everyone who comes on the show, you love reading and that sort of thing. Do you sort of look at 2019 and go, okay, these are the books I'd like to read, or are you um sort of more okay, this one's, this one's attracting me. I'll, I'll read that now. Um, well, first of all, it's, I'm, I'm a guy who only reads nonfiction. If it's fiction, I'd rather watch it on TV. All right. Um, it, I have a, you know, uh, what do you call it? Like the wish list uh, on Audible. And, but you know what? When I'm ready to read something, I, I, I kind of play it by ear. I let uh, whatever sparks my interest. I might be interested in personal development this month. The next month I might be interested in, you know, learning a new skill uh, for business. Uh, yeah. I don't have a list. I like to uh, be more of a, a free flowing reader. Cool. Cool. Okay. So, um, okay. We've come to that part of the show where I would love if you could share with people how they can get hold of this, um, of your book um, how people can connect with you um, and anything else that you would like to share with them. Absolutely. Um, you know, if you want to take a look at my main website, truebluelifeinsurance.com, um, I'd like to give away the free audio book uh, to all your listeners. And they can go to brianjgreenberg.com slash success IQ. And, uh, you know, I, I'd love any, everyone, if they're interested, to go ahead and download that audio book for free. And uh, I hope they learn something, enjoy it, and take something out of it. That is brilliant. As soon as we um, end this call, I will be um, heading over there and having a look at it. So, um, Brian, thank you very much for joining me. I've really enjoyed that. was fascinating about the reviews and using that as a, as a strategy. That was really cool. Um, thank you very much. And I just want to take this final opportunity to wish you the greatest success. Thank you very much, Jeff, and you as well. So firstly, just let me say a massive thank you to all of you who've taken the time to listen to the show. And for those of you who are sending me emails to give me feedback about the show, what you like, what you'd like to see, I am extremely grateful to you all. I would be really grateful as well if you have time and the inclination to jump over to iTunes and leave a rating and review for the show as it really does help me stay on my mission, which is to help people create and live an exceptional life. Finally, you can get hold of these podcast show on many different platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, 
SoundCloud, Spotify, all of those ones that you probably listen to regularly. Um, all you need to do is hit subscribe and get them straight to your phone, which makes life so much easier. So just finally wishing you an amazing week. Take care. And don't forget to keep pursuing the exceptional.